Hi there, everyone. It is Adam Leventhal back once again for another of the Athletics Premier League Countdown podcasts with the return of the 2019 season only days away now. We're releasing 20 podcasts on the Ornstein and Chapman feed, each one dedicated to a different Premier League team. So that is two podcasts a day every day up until football returns. It's a busy old run. Uh, if you're not a subscriber already, you can sign up right now and take advantage of our 30-day free trial by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy the best football writing anywhere just as the season makes its return. Now, in this episode, we're discussing Leicester City, who sit third in the Premier League table. Uh, let's welcome The Athletic's dedicated Leicester City writer, Rob Tanner. How are you, Rob? It's been a strange old time uh, away from the game, but uh, hopefully we've uh, kept the, our subscribers happy with some of the content we've been producing and, and even more to come when the football starts again. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that offering includes your podcast as well, the uh, 5,000 to 1 podcast. Just just give us a glimpse into uh, what you've been able to supply to, to Leicester fans, you know, earlier on in the season, but mainly during lockdown. Well, yeah, we've been doing quite a few retrospective sort of uh, features, talking to former players. Uh, we've had Dean Hammond on, Jerry Taggart, uh, Matt Piper, and uh, this week Brian Dean has been on with uh, myself and my co-host Matt Elliott, the former Leicester City uh, captain. So uh, plenty of tales from the olden days, as well as a look at uh, forward to what we can expect when football kicks off again. What Leicester City are we expecting to, to pitch up at Vicarage Road as uh, they get back into the season, presumably still full of confidence and ready to, to wrap up what would be another fantastic campaign. Yeah, well, I think certainly with the confidence factor, yes, that they, they, they will be. They, they had a fantastic uh, first two thirds of the of the season, and uh, lockdown came. They did have a little sticky patch just before uh, the lockdown came, but um, they can have plenty of confidence. But I think that that is the big question. You know, what can we expect from all the clubs really? Because um, this break has come uh, might come at a good time for the sides that were struggling to have a little breather. I mean, Spurs have probably got a lot of their players back from injury now, so they'll be stronger. And the sides that had momentum going in. And they're going to lose that momentum. They've got to pick it up again. And so it's going to be interesting to see the first few games, um, what sort of shape these teams are coming back in. And Leicester are certainly one of those. that They had a couple of uh, victories just before the lockdown to get them going again. So can they kick on from there? Having been able to reflect during lockdown, can you quite believe how well, in terms of the position in the table this season, has gone. I know there's been sort of a few blips recently, but to still be in third, have you quite put your finger on what has been the, the, the main reasons why it's been possible? I think Brendan Rodgers has got to take huge credit for that, um, the way he's brought these players together. A very young side, very inexperienced side besides Casper Michael, Johnny Evans and Jamie Vardy. There's, um, I mean, the, the midfield three of Yuri Tielemans, James Madison and Wilf Nadidi are all 23 around that age group. And um, so it's a very inexperienced, fresh-faced, youthful side, but he seems to be getting them to play with uh, quite a lot of vigour and enthusiasm. Um, they're playing with a high intensity. They're playing with a high press and uh, it's been bearing fruit for them. And obviously, uh, Jamie Vardy's been scoring the goals again this season, the leading goal scorer in the Premier League as we speak. So Brendan deserves a massive amount of credit for taking what he inherited from Claude Puel and building on that further. 
And what have Leicester been like to deal with during lockdown? Because, you know, we've done a whole host of these preview podcasts. Some clubs have stayed very silent. Some have been very communicative. What's it been like at Leicester City? Leicester have been one of the quiet ones. Um, I mean, if you pick up any of the national newspapers as well, there's not any uh, content really on Leicester City because they've been, they like to operate like that anyway below the radar they always have they they've not been a side that um, a club that puts a lot of uh, messaging out and um, and interacts with the media overly um but um no in recently they're starting to um uh, pick up a little bit of traction now as they as we start to get towards the games and there's a bit more now i did a, a zoom uh, press conference with uh, brendan rogers and uh, recently i spoke uh, via zoom to yuri tielemans as well to preview the uh, return of the game so um it's all starting to crank up a little bit more now as we get closer to the the, the first game in terms of you know the the key players, obviously a, a lot of people will be focusing on on what Jamie Vardy uh, will be able to do. He ha- obviously had that amazing start to the season. There was a, a barren patch, and then he got back on track just before lockdown. Uh, how do you think he will have um, dealt with with lockdown? Are we expecting him to be sort of fully fit and firing, and once again you know leading the line and and the person that everyone will be looking to for for goals and for inspiration? Oh, absolutely. He's the talisman. And at his house, he's got a little outdoor um, AstroTurf area where he plays and uh, he's been working out there and he challenged some of uh, some journalists, including myself, to do a worm challenge during lockdown as well. So he's ah, been his yes. usual self. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't a very good effort from me. Uh, but Stu James did a pretty decent one, didn't he? But um uh, yeah, he's uh, he'll be champion of the bit because he just loves to play football. And, you know, three months away from it, it's the longest period he would have had away from playing. Uh, for a very long time so um, I can imagine he'll be raring to go uh, when it all starts again and he's going to be such a key player for them again he's the talisman Uh, if they're going to qualify for Champions League football they need him firing and uh, on form so you know in general terms do you feel that this lockdown has has maybe come at a good time for the club especially if there have been a sort of a few shaky moments that they've been able to sort of reassess where they are and and maybe there's been things that have been able to be done behind closed doors and you know between Brendan Rodgers connecting with his squad that that maybe might bear fruit well, in terms of Brendan connecting with his squad, he he, he had coronavirus himself. Uh, so the first month of lockdown, he was isolating and uh, recovering himself. I mean, he admits that he couldn't walk more than 12 yards without getting out of breath at, at one stage. And uh, he's somebody that um, looks after himself quite well, but I think it hit him and his wife quite hard. So, But in terms of the club in general, um, it, they have used their time. They've relayed all the pitch. They've done a lot of work around the place, which they would normally do in the closed season, trying to get ahead of the game. Because I think we're expecting, once this season is finished, to, to have a very short break before the next season um, continues. So we're going to have a one effectively one very long season. Um, so they have been quite busy. But yes, I think it is a period, a, ma- a great opportunity, the three months to um, reflect on where you're going and on, on, on how you've gone about that first period of the this, this season and, and just uh, assess yourselves going into um, these last nine games. It's like a nine-game mini-season now for these clubs and uh, there's so much at stake at the bottom and at the top of the table. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. 
yeah, I'll leave you to worry about the top. I'll focus on the bottom. Thank you very much, Rob. Um, We had an interesting conversation. It's worth um, digging out in our uh, preview podcast with uh, Liam Toomey, the the Chelsea correspondent, and he was talking uh, about Chelsea's pursuit of Ben Chilwell. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. I mean, we've spoken in the past about the fact that Leicester almost earmark one player that they will sacrifice every summer and allow to leave uh, the King Power Stadium. Obviously, last season it was it was Harry Maguire and they uh, negotiated very, very well with Manchester United. What's your understanding in terms of, of Ben Chilwell? We'll come on to James Madison in a moment, but Chilwell first. Well, I've actually done a piece for The Athletic that uh, should be online now as this uh, podcast is published, which uh, I've been talking to sources around the club and it's uh, very much deja vu to a year ago with the Harry Maguire situation. Leicester City are in a strong position in terms of Ben Chilwell's got four years left on his contract. He's a young English international, so um, you know he's, he's going to have a very high value. They don't want to sell him. Uh, but they didn't want to sell Harry Maguire either. And um, while they will um, resist offers and if they don't meet the valuation that they might have in mind, then they will be preparing in the background in case um, something does happen and Ben leaves. I think it, you're right. Every summer, one player does move on. Uh, it started with N'Golo Kante, and that was the only one where they were um, caught out a little bit in terms of his release clause in his contract at Chelsea Triggered. Uh, since then, uh, they've always tried to protect themselves, so they're um, prepared for these issues and trying to keep young players on long contracts um, seems to be the tactic they've done. I mean, they've secured Wilf and the Diddy on a nice long contract. Now, Ben, as I said, they're trying to negotiate now with uh, James Madison and Chelsea Yonsu as well to get them on long-term deals as well, just to protect themselves. But I think if one player is to move on this summer, I think it might be uh, Chilwell. There's been a hell of a lot of interest around him for a long time. Arsenal and Liverpool, I remember, were sniffing around him before he'd even played a league game uh, for Leicester. And I, I was in Santa Monica with the team before a pre-season tour when he signed his first big uh, big contract. And he hadn't played in the first team, as I said. He'd played in uh, League Cup games, but not in the Premier League. So, you know, he's, and his stock has risen um, considerably since then. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine there'll be a few clubs um, interested in taking Ben on, whether with the financial climate uh, in the game, as it is after coronavirus, um, the clubs will be able to pay the sort of money that Leicester City will be demanding. That might be a different issue, but uh, from what I understand, Chelsea have got a bit of money. Well, yeah, they have. But, I mean, what Liam was saying is that um, there might be a sort of a pre-pandemic price tag, which was around about you know, £80 million that Leicester City might want, sort of similar amount to, to Harry Maguire. Is that how you understand it? Do you think they would they would hold out for that much? Well, I don't think Leicester City don't need the money, even though mm. they've been hit considerably in terms of the match day revenue. The club is very well run uh, financially. And the owners, because um, Thailand hasn't been particularly badly hit by the pandemic. And, and of course, there's going to be some ramifications because a lot of their business is um, dependent on the tourism trade because uh, they have the duty free in the hotels in Bangkok and around Thailand. But um, from what I understand, um, the owners have got more than enough money to keep Leicester City going as a concern like, as it is at the moment. So there's nobody in, in the King Power group has been um, uh, has lost their job during all this. So I think they're in a pretty good financial state at the moment, Leicester City. So I mean, I have uh, been told a few people have said like the you know, transfer fees are going to drop for roughly about thirty percent on what they would normally be. But um, you know, a player is only worth what um, a club is 
willing to pay and what a another club, the, the um, selling club, is willing to accept. So I think Leicester City are in a strong position and I, and I, I think it will be a similar sort of situation to the Harry Maguire one. What do you make of the situation with, with James Madison then? If they decide, Leicester, that right, we're only going to let one of these two players go and it, and it is Ben Chilwell... Do you see James Madison as a sort of player who obviously has lofty ambitions and, and may want to play um, for a, you can't see them, but inverted commas, bigger club? And I know that Leicester City are potentially going to end the season in the Champions League. Uh, do you think that he would toe the line and say, well, no, I'm, I'm quite happy playing in the Champions League with Leicester City. Thank you very much. I think he would sign a new contract similar to what Harry did um, and similar to uh, what Ben did, a long-term contract. And then in a year's time, after another year of playing regular football, getting his England cap, getting himself in the England squad, playing in the Champions League with Leicester City, hopefully, I think he'll see uh, that he's in no real rush at the moment. He's still very young. He's learning all the time. He's playing with some really talented young players as well. He's learning a lot from Brendan Rodgers. I think he'll sign that contract and to be happy to stay for another year, even if uh, a Man United came in for him at the moment. But, but I think in a year's time, it might be a different situation. Uh, we'd have to see, but um, uh, it all depends on him. But uh, I think at the moment, he would be happy to stay. So if he does stay, he should, if all goes to plan, be playing in the Champions League. Are there areas that have been earmarked already within this current squad that Brendan Rodgers feels definitely needs to be strengthened rather than worrying about players leaving, players that need to be coming into this side? Yeah, I, I do. I think um, they've got Ryan Bennett on loan at the moment from uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and I think they will like to bring in a, a centre-back. I know they're, they're offering Wes Morgan a one-year contract extension, um, more so for his influence around the club and on the other players. But I think in terms of cover for Johnny Evans and Chalasuncio, I think they would like to bring in another centre-back uh, during the, the transfer window, whenever that might be, and also uh, uh, strengthen their attacking options. And they might have to boost the midfield a little bit because it looks like Papi Mende is uh, leaving the end of his contract as well. So they just want to keep themselves, uh, you know, their numbers up, uh, but they'll want quality rather than quantity. Um, and again, um, they'll have a little bit of money to spend as well. I mean, they, they their last financial report uh, didn't include the eighty million they got from Manchester United, and I know they're working on a hundred million pound training ground project at the moment, and got plans for um, the expansion of King Power Stadium. But um, I think there's uh, still some money in the transfer kitty to strengthen that squad as well for Champions League. Just a final point: neck on the line time, eight points clear of Manchester United in in fifth. Is Champions League football guaranteed? Uh, are there going to be any wobbles? Well, it's going to be very hard to predict. It's because it's, it's because we've had such a long time away. Yeah. If I had to put my, my uh, head on the block, I'd like to think they've got enough quality about them um, to see the job uh, through. I mean, hopefully the Manchester City situation from a Leicester City perspective might give them a little bit of uh, relief in terms of Champions League qualification. But, uh, you know, there might be a fifth place might be um, good enough. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I think going into these last nine games, I think they'll fancy their chances of, of clinching a Champions League spot. I'm sure they'll kick on well after their opening defeat of the restart against Watford, Rob. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Nigel would like to... Uh, yeah. I'm sure Nigel would like to get one over Leicester City. <laughs> 
we need the points. We desperately need the points at Vicarage <laughs> And so Road. do Leicester City. <laughs> Rob, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Enjoy the, the rest of the campaign. If you're uh, not already subscribing to The Athletic, remember, make sure you go to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy all of Rob's writing on Leicester City, plus much, much more. You can currently take advantage of that 30-day free trial if you want to try it out before committing to a full subscription. And with that, you'll enjoy all the best football writing as the Premier League returns. And make sure as well, don't forget to download uh, Rob's Leicester City podcast, 5,000 to 1, uh, alongside club legend Matt Elliott, a whole host of guests as well. Every single week there's a new episode, uh, so you can listen back to some of those recent uh, editions right now to get you in the mood for the return of the Premier League. And just finally, keep an eye out on this podcast feed and the Athletic app to hear all of our 20 Premier League countdown podcasts, each one dedicated to a different team. We'll have a new one for you very soon.